Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 27 of the Far Beyond Metal podcast. I'm your host and spirit guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, Annika Van Giersbergen of Ver discusses her first band, and I recommend Venetian Veil. But first, I welcome back Robin Stapps from The Ocean. While still very busy writing and recording the next Ocean Records due at some point, Robin is also the head of Pelagic Records. And this past September, the label released a two-disc compilation entitled In This Twilight, These Rocks Have Teeth. The release featured bands like Low, Mono, Spook the Horses, Abraham, and of course, The Ocean. Robin and I talk the compilation, the label, and of course, what's going on with The Ocean. So before we meet up with Robin again, here's some of Nord by Cult of Luna from the In This Twilight disc of the Pelagic Records compilation. Robin, how are you? Good, how are you? Not too bad. Seems to be a, a little bit of a delay, but it'll be fine. Uh, Want to start off by saying, yeah. if you hear like kind of a weird scratching noise on my end, my cat is not happy that I'm ignoring her right now, so that might be a thing, but there we go. <laughs> so look forward to that. So yeah, right on. Give her a shit. <laughs> we'll do. Once we're done, I'll, I'll play with her all fucking afternoon, but she's being an <laughs> asshole right now. Right on. Uh, so here to talk about your uh, new compilation, correct? The Pelagic Records compilation? Yeah, right. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, I feel like people don't really do compilations like this anymore. What uh, I, I realize the go- <laughs> obvious goal is to promote your label and the bands on it, but what uh, what are you hoping to achieve releasing a double-disc compilation? Well, the in- initial idea was to um, make available a good cut through our entire roster basically that really represents all the bands on the label and not just the more well-known ones uh to the people that are you know like somehow familiar with some of what we do but may not have really discovered the the whole catalog yet so that was the initial plan but um with everything we do we like to put a lot of attention uh to detail and (laughs) we've done that here as well so actually compiling the playlist um that ended up on this compilation took a long time um, and we've put a lot of energy into that and it's actually I'm very happy with it the outcome is a really listenable compilation actually both both sides of it are very different the first side focusing more on the heavy side of uh, the label while the second disc focuses more on the post rock or instrument of the record of the label so um, yeah we've, we've tried to really make uh, a, a playlist that you can just like play from the beginning to the end and that's that doesn't get annoying at one point you know and it's just very <laughs> listenable and cool and I think we've achieved that and I'm very happy about that yeah and I, I was surprised to find how deep the label went because I knew of the ocean I knew of uh, mono and a handful of others but I didn't realize silver snakes I didn't know family I didn't know low I think it's pronounced because it's got the exclamation point so yeah, yeah it was really cool right. finding these other bands so it's already working on me 
Um, where did the cool? That's where did, good. Mission where did, accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one. So it worked on me. Check. Um, where did the title in the in the twilight these rocks have teeth come from? Quite honest, I'm not even sure where that popped up. Somewhere along the line, um, the concept from the beginning was to, you know, make a compilation that is kind of divided into two parts. Where the first part would focus on the the lighter parts of, like, music-wise, and the second half would be the really heavy parts. And um, the t title obviously makes reference to that as well. And of course, an oceanic, uh, you know, topic as well um, as as the label name and everything that I. I do in life basically there's like some maritime relevance to it so uh the, uh, the name just popped up somewhere along the way um it, it you know it, it it's the feeling of uh sinking down in the ocean when and it gets darker and you see certain shapes that are kind of like ambiguous and amorphous and you can't really make out what they are and then you get scared and you see you, you see like faces or animals and you don't really know if they're actually there or what they are maybe it's just rocks or you know something else and that's that's the kind of feeling that that title um wants to convey and um this is kind of what's what's happening with uh, the music as well when you listen to this um when you get into the like on the towards the heavier side and it's just you know getting really really eerie and heavy um, that's exactly the, that kind of feeling that we wanted to get, get across. So it has a similar theme as the most recent Ocean album of sinking to the depths and darkness. In a way, in a way yes. Okay. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, what are you looking for when you sign yeah. bands to your label? Uh, it's extraordinary music um, that is trying to be unique, which doesn't always uh, happen. That's very hard, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really trying to find bands that are not sounding, that are not easily categorizable, you know, where you don't think immediately, oh, this band just wants to be a copy of you know, this and that. I, I am looking for that unique moment um, in their sound. And uh, other than that, just good craftsmanship and a certain type of attitude and uh, honesty and authenticity that's... Um, the most important things, I guess, and I, I really like bands that put a lot of uh, attention to detail. Um, so not just to their music, but to you know their artwork, their packaging, their merch, and all these things are important. I think because what you present as an artist uh, as a whole is more than just the music, and uh, this has kind of been the uh, that I've always taken towards my own music with my own band, and that's also what I'm kind of looking for in other bands. Um, that said, we don't really look for bands. Normally, they they uh, they find us somehow, or you know, we have heard of something, and you know, have heard of a name, they're getting keen to check it out. But we're not actually going out there like digging through demo recordings that are sent to us to look for new music. We get more than we could ever physically release, so we have to make a selection. And uh, a lot of times, this is not really coming from looking through demos. Of course. So tips to bands out there. Be good, and then they'll find you. Tour. Go on yes. tour. Book your own tours. Uh, play a fuckload of shows and become a good band. Yeah, and then start talking to us. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, yeah. No, I don't know. Like, a lot of bands are waiting to get signed. Um, I don't think this is how it normally happens. I, I think what happens is that a band, you know, really has that DIY approach um, towards their music and like like booking and everything else that is involved with playing in a band. It's not just playing music, you know, it's, it's also organizing gigs and merchandise 
and then eventually they will naturally grow a certain small fan base and uh, then people will hear about it and that's how labels become aware of bands not because they open envelopes and dig out demos of bands that they've never heard of before but because they have eventually heard the name from someone that they trust among their friends their bands and they become you know they get keen to check it out this is what applies to i'd say about 90% of the bands that are on Pelagic Records as well. There's very few that we signed, uh, you know, because of a demo that was sent to us. Uh, Brian Slagle from Metal uh, Blade said a very similar thing. So, yeah, definitely bands need to get their asses out there and do do the work, I guess. Um, your contribution... Exactly. <laughs> the, uh, one of the Ocean's contributions to the compilation is the instrumental piece, which I'm about to butcher in an attempt at pronouncing it. Turret Opsis Dor Dorni, <laughs> please enlighten me how to say that. Something like this, I, I <laughs> something like this. Yeah, I guess it, it depends on whether he's trying to say it in American English or in German. But along those, that Turret Opsis Dorni. <laughs> it sounds better coming from you because yep. uh, you're the expert. I'm gonna go with. Um, why was I that? Have more routine with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I read it was a a track that was recorded during the Pelagial um, recordings. Why was it left off the record? Uh, there were a couple of tracks actually that didn't fit on the record anymore um, three in total this is one of them um, there are a couple of reasons for that it, uh, the, the al that album was basically written from the beginning to the end um, in a consecutive way I started really with the first uh, seconds of music that you hear on the record and you know then I was just going on and on and I, like the, the idea was to make this record that where the music really um, audioizes kind of this, this journey that it is from the surface to the bottom of the sea. And that made this approach necessary that, you know, we have to start at the beginning and finish at the end. I had never done that with any previous records that were always just a random collection of songs. And then at the end, you put them together and try them out in a certain order, you know, and with Pelagial, that was not the case. This was really like uh, composed music from the beginning to the end. And the that didn't end up on the record they were not part of this scheme they were written at the same time there were uh, there were some good ideas in it but they were kind of like um randomly written in between and they were not part of this big concept and that's why they didn't end up on the record not because they they really wouldn't fit um the, the vibe of the record or anything like this i i can actually imagine that track uh could have fit onto the palatial record but um it didn't really fit into this procedure of writing that I indulged myself in, you know, really like starting at the beginning and, and working my way forward. Like this was something that happened around the same time, but not as part of this process. And that's why it didn't end up on the record in the end. And then it was just laying around for uh, a good three years, I guess, until I started touching it again this year and, and finished it finished it up.
That was some of Abraham's Dawn from Disc 2 of the In This Twilight, These Rocks Have Teeth compilation from Pelagic Records. I'll have more with Robin Stapps in just a moment, but first, this is my first band. Every musician has to start somewhere, and in this episode, Annika Van Giersbergen discusses her musical origins. My first uh, band, in, as in more than two people? Or uh, could it be a band with two people? It could be a band with two people. Just the first thing I guess you like recorded with, played live, felt like you were a cool kid because you had a music project. All right, so that would be a duo called Bad Breath. And, um, yeah, we played in people's living rooms when there was a party and we kind of built up a set. And then somebody said, you should play live in just cafes where there's more people. And we said, sure. And then we did that and we got very popular in our own city. So that was like my first, you know, where, where we kind of made some money and did some gigs and, yeah. I have to ask, why Bad Breath? Why the name? I don't know. I, I, I said it. Actually, it was a Dutch name, uh, the Dutch translation to it. Okay. And I told it to somebody who is from Australia, and she says, oh, Bad Breath. And, I, and then I thought, yeah, that sounds cooler. So I did that. So Very cool. I don't know why. Yeah. Van Giersberg and the rest of her are currently touring behind their debut album In This Moment We Are Free Dash Cities. For more info and dates, head to ver.band That's V-U-U-R dot B-A-N-D Before I wrap with Robin from the Ocean and Pelagic Records, here's some of the new Ocean track released exclusively on the aforementioned compilation. This is Turritopis Dorchni I think is how you say it It goes like this
Uh, we spoke about a year ago uh, when I was very drunk at a show in Sacramento-ish, sacramento <laughs> area. Uh, I wound up hanging out with Luik before the show, and we just... Anyway. Uh, oh, you're right. Yes. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned that the, the next album is in its current like stages of being uh, created, and I feel like I have to ask, how's it going? It's going very well. Um, it's about, I would say... 80% written right now. It has not been recorded yet, and we have not really set a time f for doing that, but it will happen over the winter months, that's for sure. And we're aiming at a release uh, in 2018. Right. Um, that's as precise as I can be right now, but it's uh, there is enough material for two records that's in the pipeline, and uh, most likely we're going to release them uh, um, but that is all not entirely decided yet. But yeah, it's it's been going very well. Uh, we've all taken a bit of time off from the ocean in the last couple of months after this Australian tour that we've done in December last year. That was like the last tour on the plagial record that we've done. And after that, everyone's gone their own ways and, uh, you know, focused on their own things. And that was really important for us because we've played a lot of shows on that record. And, and I think everyone needed that time to do something else in order to really... You know ask ourselves do we still want to do this and and you know how intensely and whatever and now I've, i really feel that you know everyone in the band really wants is, is really fucking keen to get back into it to record and uh release this new record and and uh and tour on it and uh to get back into the studio now first and foremost because that's something that we haven't done in the past four years we were just touring on palladial and so yeah, we're we're very very excited, and um, I I feel uh, very good about this new material. I think it's going to be awesome, and I think it's continuing where uh, Pelagia left off. But at the same time, of course, a lot of time has passed since then, and a lot of water has gone down the river since the release of Pelagia in 2013. So there's also going to be um, a, a new contemporary ocean uh, feeling to it that uh, Pelagia probably doesn't have anymore because just because it was released already uh, four years ago. Uh, also, when we spoke then, and you touched on the record, you mentioned that it was not looking like it was going to be a concept album. Is that still the case? Um, currently, yes. But the album isn't finished yet. Of course. So, um, it's, uh, there's, yeah, there's, there's a, a couple of ideas I have in mind, but I haven't really committed to any of these yet. So it could still go in. In both directions at the, at the moment i'm not able to tell you if yes or if no okay with a double album it seems it seems possible because you guys have done a handful of double albums at this point um that's correct yep are you are you still avoiding space as a topic uh, i just don't really find anything too interesting there to uh to to go there at this moment but no i'm not i'm not avoiding anything uh specifically or consciously um i usually write about the things that you know happen to me in my in my life that i find interesting and um i don't know somehow everyone is expecting uh this next record after you know we've explored the depths of the ocean to go up into space so that's a reason for me not to do it already <laughs> but um yeah and anything is possible at this stage and uh, to change gears just a little bit, uh, the Ocean and the Ocean Collective, I forget which you prefer, uh, has seen a lot of members over the years, but both. you... Go ahead. Yeah, both is, sorry, both, 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 is, uh, both is totally okay. Um, 
we usually refer to the band as the ocean these days but um you know on the web you still find a lot of the ocean collective and it still makes sense because sometimes we still play with extra people that are not in the band uh like the last european tour we've done with mono and salsa fear we've had seven people on stage and two of those were not permanent uh, ocean musicians so the the collective is is alive it's it's still there and so both is correct That's and cool. on this next record you're gonna get a little bit of both there's oh. gonna be some tracks that are just like core the ocean lineup and there's also going to be the ocean collective tracks uh that have more players involved that's really cool uh but you've worked with luik for the, almost I interrupted you I'm yes sorry, what... no it's fine <laughs> yeah the delay is kicking our ass here um you've yeah. you've worked with uh, luik for the better almost a decade now uh more seems like longer consistently than anybody else why do you guys work so well together Well, uh, do we really is the question. <laughs> <laughs> I like a it. Lot of, uh, a lot of struggle and a lot of fights between us, and we both know that. And uh, But uh, I think that's the, you know, we, sh we, do, we do definitely share a lot of common ground, and we're both aware of this, that we are both difficult characters, and that um, as much as we can function together very well, it's also, there's a high danger and a high risk of, uh, us clashing you know in in creative ways and in, in personal ways and this has happened a number of times and we've had um, brutal fights this but we both know at this stage that uh, we are important for one another somehow and that we do function together creatively very well and this is something that we both know and that always works you know we get together uh, into a room and and start working on a part and uh we've just developed this work routine that is that is just really really beautiful and really really works works out great um very intuitive in a way that he sings and 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 finds vocal melodies he just improvises over the music that i write and uh, um you know it's, it's a lot of times just not even starting with lyrics but just like humming melodies melodies and then i uh, come in and i i, I catch these certain moments and, and try to channel them in a, little, in a way and and then once that is the you know melodic lines are there or the, then uh i start writing lyrics over it and and you know he has his input there as well but that's then more my part um so we have a good division of of work and uh and we found our own personal approach which is kind of weird i think if you look at it from the outside but it works very well for us and we both know that and um that's why we've always uh, found back together, even if, if we've been tearing each other's hair out the day before. <laughs> and that has happened a lot of times. But I, th I think that's just the foundation of any good creative um, um, uh, relationship, you know, that it, it is intense and, and, and passionate and, and violent. And uh, it must be all of this in order to be uh, productive and in order to, 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 to bring results and and yeah i think we're we're both aware of that but what happens in the room when we both get into the room i think we both don't really know like it's this black box and um we know that what comes out is going to be awesome and we know that we need each other in order for that to happen but what it actually is that happens there i i think we only have a very vague understanding of that <laughs> and if i want to come back to uh, something you said earlier to sort of wrap us up here you said throughout your entire career there's been this oceanic through line. What first drew you to the ocean? That goes very deeply back into my childhood um, that I'm not even sure if I, I, I can remember. But as far as I can remember, I've been attracted 
to the sea and I've, I've spent hours just sitting at the sea staring at the waves when I was a kid. I've nearly drowned uh, twice when I was a kid so I've also had some you know like some uh, uh, quite frightening and, and negative moments that were somehow related to the sea but also a lot of uh, incredibly important and positive moments so it's just of my life uh, forever since I grew up, although I didn't grow up anywhere close to the ocean, but I still spent a fair bit of time there um, every year. And um, it's it still continues to be a place where I find peace and something that I really need if I haven't had it in a couple of weeks in my life. I really need to put myself close to the sea in order to be able to survive. So <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's an inner, an inner urge that... Uh, that makes me, uh, yeah, very uh, tight the sea somehow. If you uh, weren't a musician, do you think you'd be like a marine biologist? Probably. That uh, would make sense in a way. I've written my diploma thesis about coral reef monitoring in Belize, actually. So I have been uh, scuba diving for about two months and a half, four times a day, um, you know, looking at corals and, and marine life. So marine biology is actually something I have um, I've already done in my life, but I decided not to pursue professionally. Okay. But a very interesting thing, nonetheless, of course, for me. <laughs> and I'd like to end with a, a kind of silly question, if I may. Um, have you seen and or did you enjoy the film Finding Nemo? <laughs> I have not seen it, just the trailer. So uh, the <laughs> second question I cannot really answer, but it's somewhat cute. <laughs> it, it is very cute. All right, sir. Uh, thank you so much for joining yeah. me. I, I <laughs> love the compilation. I think it's fantastic. I look forward to whatever the ocean's got coming up next. Um, so uh, enjoy the rest of your day talking to folks, and we'll see you on the road shortly, I hope. Excellent. Thanks a lot for your time. Of course. Thank you. In this twilight, these rocks have teeth is out now via Pelagic Records, and the guys in the ocean are still chipping away at their next album. Look for that when it's done. For more on Pelagic Records, head to pelagic-records.com, and for the ocean, theoceancollective.com. Now I'm going to end this episode with something a bit different for my recommendation. Venetian Vale is a drone ambient experimental duo from Sacramento that is made up of Susan Hunt and Jim Willig from friends of the show Waning. This last August, the band released their latest album, No Bridge. The album is made entirely of improvised takes and the result is a haunting journey. From that album, here is At the End of the World in its entirety.
To get a copy of No Bridge, head to venetianvale.bandcamp.com. There you can name your price for the album, and for more on the band, head to facebook.com slash venetianvale. If you want to contact the show, you can head to facebook.com slash farbeyondmetal. I am on Twitter at O-V-A-C-O-R-D-Ovacord, or you can email me your stuff if you are in a band at farbeyondmetaldan at gmail.com. Also, please head to iTunes and rate the show. Give me five stars, leave a review. Apparently, that's really important for uh, getting out there with the, the show, and it would mean a lot to me if you gave me a thumbs up. I give you a thumbs up. I'm doing one right now. Also, the theme song is Far Beyond Metal by the band Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Century Media Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A Catbox Production.